Peace and blessings, good people, and welcome to Father Should, a podcast on fatherhood in 20 today. I am your host, Fleming. And I'm Ms. Bond. And today we have um, a very special guest. Uh, please welcome uh, to the Father Should family, Coach Kenneth. Thank you. Welcome. I'm glad to be here on this evening um, to be with you guys to talk about um, a real pertinent conversation. So, yeah, yes. thank you for having me. Well, thank you. Okay, so Coach uh, Coach Kenneth, the reason why we definitely wanted you on, um, I would like for you to explain what your background is, so what your job um, is, and then we can kind of explain why is it that, you know, we welcomed you to the show. Okay, um, so I think in terms of immediate role and responsibility, um, it would be that I serve as... Um, a court-appointed advocate for children uh, in North Carolina. And so I am what um, is referred to as a guardian at litem. Um, I am responsible for monitoring um, the well-being of children that fall up under court supervision because of abuse, neglect, and dependency um, in the state. And in our state, they're referred to as GALs or guardian ad litem. In some states, depending upon the statute, they might be referred to as CASA volunteers, mm-hmm. which stands for Court Appointed Special Advocate. Um, but the role is the same. Um, and that is that you monitor the court proceedings. You um, create an ongoing and nurturing relationship um, with the minor child that's under court supervision. And you are responsible for um, writing recommendations to the court um, on what is considered or what should be considered um, what's in the best interest um, of the child. And so in court proceedings, um, mama gets an attorney, daddy gets an attorney, um, the state has an attorney because, of course, the state is who is bringing charges um, against the parent. And then um, every kid has a guardian at litem uh, who also also has an attorney. And so my role is to be that child's voice in court, mm-hmm. um, to speak to um, both my observations as well as um, my recommendations professionally, um, as well as speaking their wishes. And sometimes the two of those conflict. So sometimes I'm speaking about uh, the fact that this kid wants to uh, live in this specific parents household however your honor it is my recommendation that blah 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 and so um the guardian at litem's role is to kind of be a standard bearer um if you will in terms of the court and the proceeding um that is taking place so that the kid has a voice since the kid is a minor and can speak i speak for the child in the child's absence so in in those so say for instance in those cases where you're speaking for the child and the child says i want to live such and such here but your recommendation is against that why why is that like because if if you are the advocate for the child and if you're speaking for the child and the child is telling you hey this is where i want to go however 
given your expertise and, you know, the things that you have in the field, you're just like, that's, you know, how do you... How do I reconcile the two? Yeah. All right. So um, I've had this to happen actually in a couple of cases, right? So Mm -hmm. um, it's a couple of things about the psychology of abuse. Um, First of all, kids are always naturally uh, forgiving of their mothers. Um, Kids are, especially boys, um, naturally uh, seeking the attention and affirmation of their fathers. And so um, there are time periods when if daddy is absent or, or not necessarily as involved, um, that a kid will say, well, I want to go back to my mama's house, even though that's where whatever this incident is has occurred. Um, that is the reason why the court got involved. Or, um, and I see it more in... Um, teenage boys that uh, will specifically express the desire to live with their fathers, even if they have not necessarily had a relationship with their father. And in one uh, situation I can recall, that wasn't necessarily the best uh, situation because the father had some issues that he wasn't trying to resolve, right? Um, Before I could in good conscience recommend that um, this would be a safe and an appropriate placement um, for that individual child. I do have a case where, um, you know, the end game, end goal, end result was that um, the child went to go live with the father uh, on a temporary basis. Um, We found that during that trial, but, and, 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 and that kid kept saying, like, I want to go live with my daddy. I want to go live with my daddy. Um, and, I, and it was one of those cases where um, I, my recommendations didn't necessarily agree with the social worker's recommendations. Um, but the kid kept saying, I want to live with my daddy. Um, I would have, I'd done a background uh, search, background investigation with the father um there wasn't anything that necessarily ruled him out as a potential placement and he kept saying i want my son um and so we did a trial i actually had long conversations with the social worker we actually did a trial placement over the summer and um moved to um move the child there permanently uh in terms of placement and that does happen like um there are time periods when um when a case opens you know, the GAL's responsibility is to see um, where, you know, did abuse actually happen? Um, What does this kid need? And then what should be our long range plan in terms of where this child should live and reside so that they can be healthy, happy, and safe. Um, And that's the GAL's responsibility. And so there are time periods when, you know, what the kid wants may not necessarily be as an adult, what I see is in a kid's best interest. Um, but I think most of us even wrestle um, with how we present both sets of recommendations. Um, because if you are true to your oath as a GAL, you actually have to present both. You say, this is what the child wants, but this is what I think is in the best interest of the child. Um, I may not agree with the child. My recommendations may not agree with the social worker. Um, they may not agree with the parents. So there are time periods when the GAL's recommendations are standing on an island sometimes by themselves. So how many, like, how, how hard is it to explain your position to the parents? Mm-hmm. 
when, when, that, when that time rolls around. Because I, I would imagine, you know, I mean, for one, you know, as as someone who has who has been a part of of that that not necessarily that entire process, I definitely had to go through co-parenting class. I had to go to mediation, um, and definitely had a home visit. You know, to yeah. one had to come and assess my home. You know, right, right. Of course, make that 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 decision. Um, how hard is it for, especially I guess, the, for for people to truly understand your position um i think that um what i've been able to gather um is um you know i'm I'm a life coach by 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 training and so um i read body language i read a lot of things about my interactions with people Mm -hmm. and i think that when you first show up um and you say hey i'm not the social worker i'm not um, the attorney for the, you know, the, I, I'm none of these parties that is now a part of your life. And so I'm assigned to A&D court, which is abuse, neglect, and dependency, right? Mm-hmm. So when I show up, there's been an allegation that this kid either has not had adequate supervision, um, is not having the type of care they should have, or this kid has been abused, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, when I show up and I'm having that conversation with um the 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 other parent the co-parent um most of the time in my experience has been the father um in terms of explaining um that i'm not on either side and i'm on the kid's side um and what my role is i think i kind of get affirmation that they understand what that's like so i know that by the time i'm by the time i show up the social worker's already done initial home visit uh, the court has already sent documents saying this is the, the you know this is what the next step in the process is, and uh, you're gonna have a guardian at light on side who's gonna represent the kids, and so those things happen before I show up. Um, there still is some degree of skepticism sometimes, like, well, who are you for real? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. okay. And to show up and to show up and be a male GAL. Uh, and to show up and be a black male GAL, mm-hmm. I think throws people. Would you say that it's an area that's more dominated by women or yeah. males, or is it an equal? Um, highly dominated by females. Okay. Um, and they're not. They're way more uh, white GALs than there are uh, GALs of color. Um, However, most of the kids that are represented by the court uh, are children of color. Um, Every case I have had since I've been court sworn has been a black boy. Wow. Okay. Okay. And so how long have you been doing this? Um, I was sworn in 2009, I believe. So 11 years. Yeah. And all boys. All boys. Well, All black boys. All black boys. My first case, I had four black boys. Wow. Mm. Four black boys, one mother, two daddies, and two grandparents who were extremely involved. Mm. Wow. Talk about navi- talk, talk about navigating. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So, how, so is what would you say is the largest challenge for you? in this position like you know sorry is it is it outside influences that got the ear of mom and dad or is it like you know 
you know, the, the relationship between mom and dad or? I, I think consistently it is how the relationship terminated between mom and dad. Mm. Um, I think that's it consistently. There are time periods when I've had to say either to mom or to dad, you know what, this ain't got nothing to do with what y'all been arguing about for the past five years. Um, and while we're talking about whatever's <laughs> going on with the kid, right? Right. Um, right. So, you know, some kind of way it goes back down this whole path that I'm like, hey, I'm not here for that. Um, I'm not connected to that. I'm here for the now. Mm-hmm. And evidently, the two of you have been so involved in that that you've let some things slide. Um, and that's why the court sent me an invitation to be in your life. Come on, the court sent an invitation for me to be in your life. Okay. Well, you know, I actually had to say that to a parent once. I, you know, she kept going on and on and on about me being overbearing and I did this and I did that and blah, blah. I said, well, reach into your purse and show me the, the invitation. And she said, what do you mean? I said, show me the invitation because the court sent me an invitation to be in, law, in your life. You didn't send me that invitation. And that invitation was sent because you weren't taking care of your kids like you needed to. And I'm not here to judge. I'm here to help. I'm here to get everything back in balance and to make sure the kids get what they need as you guys work through whatever's not working for the two. And I'm glad you said that as far as helping to get it back into a balance. Because I think that, I think that a lot of people get caught up in their own opinion of what this is supposed to look like. You know, mm-hmm. as far as being being parents, right? You're not a parent. You're parent. That's you know? right. So you know, so so I think that that again, helping, trying to figure out, you know, or even admitting or acknowledging the fact that hey, you know what, we need help. Right. That's the. I, th- I feel like that's the challenge for a lot because, of course, no one. No one probably in the midst of, because as you said, like, you know, no one in, in the midst of wants to admit that A, they're wrong. Yeah. Um, or B, that they're even the problem. Right. You no. Know? Um, it's the, it's the, oh, it's their fault. Right. It ain't me. It's them. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and so, you know, so that, that I appreciate that, that factor. I appreciate and, that. And by the time I show up, not only is it not anybody's fault, but there's been somebody focusing so much on whose fault it's not. Right. And whatever needs to happen for their child hasn't happened. Right. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mm. so, That's a whole lot. No, it is. That's a lot to process. That's a whole lot. Process. Yeah. It's a whole it's a whole lot being a GAL. It really is. I'm sure. Um I'm sure. We, we've got um uh, I have a, a sister friend that I went to high school with. Um, found out she was a GAL. We we are very we were very close uh, in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know the blessing is that um, we, we kind of support each other even long distance. She's in Richmond, um, but she does the same thing. She's in A and D court, um, and so talking through, you know recommendations and just because I write recommendations don't mean that those are the things that are going to get implemented. So there are time periods I walk out of court thinking I've done my best work. And, um, you know, sometimes you're questioning, did I do all I could? 
Um, yeah. And so I had a conversation with her actually two weeks ago as one of her cases closed uh, and kind of just talked her off the ledge like you did everything you could. And so mm-hmm. once you've exhausted every recommendation and you've exhausted all of these alternatives, you're done. And so knowing when uh, to detach from that, because at the end of the day, um, the GAL is only with you for a fixed time period. You know, it's to help you get recalibrated, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But our outcome really is that this kid either goes back home, this kid goes into foster care um, or some other system, um, or um, back home in a kinship placement, meaning being placed with another relative. Um, but, But at the end of the day, over this time period, when we're involved, it's about helping all the parties to do the things they need to do so that this kid actually can come back home. That's what our primary uh, mm-hmm. outcome is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, does anybody keep in contact with you? Uh, yeah, we are. We have supervisors. We have in my state, in North Carolina, we have we have court supervisors. Okay, okay. Well, no, I mean, does any of like kids that you've helped like along like has anyone ever like has any is anyone ever like just sent you a thank you letter? You know, um, I have I have a kid who uh, is has emancipated. He's uh, graduated from high school. Okay. Uh, so so once you once your work is done and. Um, in your final review, um, mm-hmm. the judge will typically say, um, and the GAL is discharged. And so okay. once the GAL, the GAL is discharged, you no longer have the same court orders to show up as you will. Okay. Um, it's really a matter of if that kid, that parent still wants you to be involved. So I've had uh, two conversations with the father on one of my first cases, um, most recently, that kid has graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I was supposed to go to a graduation party, but COVID hit. Okay. Um, okay. That I was invited to, and he said he was not going to tell his son. He just wanted me to show up. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was really, really looking forward to that. I've had another kid that has aged out. Uh, he actually aged out of foster care, and he has been... Um, he sent me a friend's request on Facebook, but I end up accepting his LinkedIn friends. I'm old school, so I'm really about boundaries, right? right? Yeah. So right. Uh, I also do work with young people. Um, you know, I'm a trio director, uh, so I do work in college access, uh, but I don't necessarily connect with uh, program participants online in that medium. So I, I hold the same standard for the young people I work with. But he's been sending me friends requests on Facebook uh, since he finished high school, but I accepted his request on LinkedIn. Okay. And then then tell him, get an update your resume (laughs) because you need a job, brother. You know, so... I have a question. So from from a personal perspective, right? Sure. How... How do you feel when you see father's not stepping up Mm. or wait or before you answer that like are there is it more so cases where it's you know the fathers are stepping up like I don't want to give that auto you know automatically where the fathers aren't stepping up it's just when you when you get that case and you get that situation (sighs) 
How is it? <laughs> Siobhan, how is it? Meaning, meaning, what do you, when I get the case, talk to me. Which, what, so what, I'm saying, like, okay, say for instance, you're getting the case. And okay, I get assigned. You, you're getting assigned the case. So that means, that means my supervisor calls me on my cell phone. It's kind of like uh, 007. You get a phone call from the court <laughs> saying, uh, I have... Are you having a good day? Blah, 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 blah. I have a case for you. That's how right. that works. So in saying, I'm in saying that I'm saying, so you come into a situation where it, you know, we do know who the father is and the father is playing a role in the child's life. Okay. Like, I, my thing is, I don't want to automatically assume that the daddy ain't playing a role and we don't know who he is or anything like that. Like, right. How many times are you coming to a situation and the dad is there and he's playing a role? And again, you know, you're fighting this or are you finding where the dad, you know, being circumstances where may he wants to play a role, but is preventing and you're advocating, you know, you actually give him the opportunity to step up to be there. Like, uh, okay. Um, so, so let me back up. Okay. Um, so, so, so when, when, when I become involved in a case, um, most of my cases have been that the child lives with someone and there's been an allegation of abuse and the child has been removed. Okay. Um, most of the time that's been mother. Uh, most recently, it was grandma, but it was a dependency case, meaning grandma was holding the situation. I'll get to that. So, so a lot of times, mama has custody. Something has happened. Either uh, mama lost control, mama uh, uh, got angry. Um, something happened, and somebody called the Department of Social Services. Mm-hmm. The social Services has come and said, you know what? There's an allegation of abuse or an allegation of dependency and or neglect, and we can't rule this out, so therefore we're going to take these kids, right? So uh, to take kids, they have to file a petition in court. Once that petition is filed, uh, it is an automatic operation of law in, in, in North Carolina. Um, and in most states where a guardian ad litem gets assigned that case. And so I'll get the allegation. I know who made the allegation. Sometimes other parties in the case don't. Mm-hmm. I get the guardian line gets the complete file. So I get all the stuff that's not blacked out, right? Gotcha. Um, I know who made the allegation. Uh, if the kid is So you get pay, all of the background. You get the for real, you get everything. I get all the tea. <laughs> I get it all. Uh, if if a uh, kid got taken to the hospital and there was a forensic uh, uh, evaluation, I get the results of that. I get uh the physical i get all of that right um and then my responsibility is to establish contact with the minor child um and then after that i'm establishing contact with whoever the caretaker was and the parent so um most of the time the kid is at in one of those situations but Mm -hmm. it's not a two-parent situation So most of the time in my experience with cases I have had, I am calling daddy on the phone saying, my name is blah, 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 blah. This is involving your kids so-and-so. And and I'm the guardian lighter for Durham County Court. um, And there's been an allegation of abuse. 
Um, and so daddy may or may not know um, what has happened. I, at that point, am sharing um, what I can share. Right. Um, you know, because I don't share everything. I, I, I am sworn to confidentiality in the court. So I can't tell you everything that I'm looking at, but I can say, you know, um, let's talk. There's how, an issue. How, how involved are you with your child? Uh, do you, are you aware of these types of things? You know, that kind of thing. When's the last time you visited your child? Most of the time, um, the father is not necessarily having regular interactions with the kid. Wow. So I'm saying not only have you not been seeing the child, but somebody's hurting your child. I mean, my, you know, it's hard to say somebody's hurting your kid. So, right. And I'm not here to blame you for anything. I'm really here to say, I want I need to work with you and the parent that they were with. um, Cause at the end of this, I need to decide where should the child reside? Mm. The guardian litem is just really about what is in the best interest of the child. And we learned that in training. Best interest is always your outcome. Right. Mm. So what, what, what would you like to see? Like as being somebody who's involved in the court and when you, I feel like, when the parents come to your, there are steps there. There are, of course, there's some missteps that we took. Yeah. Beforehand that really could have prevented this right here. So now, now, you know, people are always going to say, Oh, I want other people in my business. But like you said, I was invited by the court. You sent me invitation. Right. Your your behavior sent me invitation. That's right. right. So then what would be your recommendations in order before they come before you get your invitation to come mm-hmm. to your business. What do what would you say? Like, okay, this is this is what needs to happen. Um, hmm. Give me because I'm, I'm sure there's probably more than three, but give me the top three. Like, this is the top three things that need to happen if you don't want me up in your business. First, well, let me let me say this: if Daddy doesn't have custody. Nine times out of 10, you can't stop me from being in your business. Because what happened typically did not happen when you were around. Mm, Right? But if daddy has a relationship with that kid, Uh that kid has already told you, I don't feel comfortable around so-and-so. I don't feel comfortable in this scenario. Um, So relationship matters, right? Right. Um, Because I hate to be the person to tell you what's going on with your child that the realism is your child should have been comfortable enough. And even when I've gotten pushback before, I said, well, I had a conversation with your kid for for two hours on so-and-so, so-and-so day. And the realism is your child should have been, your child, you should have been the first person your child called. Right. Right. Um, So being there, being present and building a relationship that has nothing to do with how your relationship ended with, the mother. And I'm just saying that stereotypically because most of the time, most of the cases I've had, mom has had custody and, and I'm, I'm on the phone with daddy and then I'm doing a home visit with daddy. Uh, and I'm talking about assets and resources and he hasn't even been a part of all the other conversations that have taken place with the child. Right? So the first part is making sure you build a relationship with your child. 
and that you're saying things like, um, if somebody hurts you, you know, you can talk to me about that. Um, this is what I mean by hurt. Um, I, I will also say, well, I'll come back to that. So building a relationship with your child. I think the other thing that parents need to think about, um, and it may be difficult because, you know, you're dealing with how your relationship uh, ended with the child's, with the other parent, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But you need to think about who's going to have responsibility for rearing our child if something happens to either one of us. Right. Hardest case I've ever had just ended with adoption. Um, But it was that uh, grandma had physical custody. um, Mama had been in rehab back and forth, in and out. Uh, Paternity had not been established, but we had a presumptive father. Um, You know, it, it, it is like hell trying to move towards permanency when you can't even identify who the father is legally. Um, and the entire time I think in the back of my head, I kept saying, somebody knows who daddy is. Right. Right. Um, but y'all don't want him to have custody. What, what happened was grandma had custody. Grandma was killed in a car accident one morning while the kid was at school. Uh, kid couldn't go live with mama. Um, mama died while the court was involved. Um, presumptive father but nothing clear cut and it was a matter of you know case been open for a year and a half and you sitting here like I am running out of relatives like another aunt died it was like I'm running out of relatives uh, that are willing to step up Um, and the entire time I kept thinking in the back of my head if this dude knew he had a son I'm sure Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, or if he was involved enough to take part in this kid's life where you, someone would have known how to contact you. Um, yeah. So, you know, it ended with adoption and he's in a safe home. Uh, he's in a loving home. Um, and I'm grateful for that. But I also remember scratching my head like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm running out of relatives and I don't know who daddy is. And, and, he doesn't know who his daddy is either. So, you know, it's hard to talk to a 13-year-old about where am I going to live next year, next school year. Right. Um, yeah. So having a relationship, I think parents need to decide. Uh, you need to make that decision when the child is born. Um, I remember having a conversation back when I lived in St. Louis about godparents and the responsibility of godparents and that kind of thing. Um, if your expectation is that something happened to me, uh, you know, the godparents need to raise my kid. You need to tell your godparents that, right? Um, you need to tell them what the expectation is. But not articulating that, you know, when you've got people that are neutral that have to make a decision about your a child. kid. Right. And, and you know, mom's unavailable and we, we don't know, we can't identify father correctly, then, you know, what do we do? Um, but, but there are time periods when when I, I really want to say, uh, and I've had past cases where people are saying, well, you know, so-and-so knew that that was a kid back when da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, if it's yours, you know, you never know when something's going to happen. Step up to that plate. Huh? Go ahead and step up to that plate. Like, right. I guess the other thing is, 
if you have stepped up to the plate, um, if it's the issue of a of uh, A and D situations, abuse, neglect, dependency, um, you know, you need to show up and not run from uh, from the court. Sometimes the decision isn't about uh, my role. My role is never about why y'all ain't together, right? Mm-hmm. My role is always about where this kid should be, right? right. What is the adventure to this kid? Right. And so um, I can't go send a kid to go or recommend that a kid go live with someone that they don't know. I've had that to happen before mm-hmm. uh, where the father was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and take custody and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, he don't know you, right? right? Um, we, we can start with visitation. We can start with, you know, these types of things, but he don't know you. And he's been responding real, you know, uh, inappropriately in places where he doesn't know the people that are giving him direction and guidance, right? Um, that 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 didn't feel good, but you know, fifteen-year-old boys are headstrong. So yeah, they are. Yeah, they so are. I can't just send you down to go live with somebody that you ain't seen since you were two days old. Right. right. Amen. You know. Um, so I would say. Um, making sure that, A, you've had a conversation about what needs to happen if something happens to either one of the parents, mm-hmm. um, making decisions about who's responsible in that regard. Don't run from the court if it's an A and D situation, especially your GAL. I'm going to shout. You know, I got to hold up the banner for, G- for guardian and items. We are the only people that are a party to the case that are unpaid, that put forth a lot of hours, and we are trying to take look after your kid's best interests, right? Mm-hmm. So dodging phone calls and that kind of thing. Like, you know, I just show up. If I know your last on the dress, I'll be sitting out in front of your house. How about, hey, is your name so-and-so? Um, but, but, but don't make it be that type of scenario. Um, because that may be the situation where your kid needs you the most. And that may be when it really is your time to step up and be daddy. Um, mm. you, got mother, you got mothers in crisis, you know? Um, I think we, a lot of the time, you know, my, my career started in the department of social services, um, as a field investigator. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of times we automatically think that mothers always get custody or that the court is slanted toward mothers. Um, there are time periods when fathers probably would have had custody if they would have just demonstrated that they were interested and willing. Ooh, mm. say that again. Mm. No, seriously, say that again. There are time periods when daddy would have had custody had he just said or indicated in his behavior that he was interested and willing. Mm. Hmm. We're going to end up having a part two on that. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, I'm a movie. I'm trying not to take us too far off top, but you know, I'm a, I, it's two things that I am. I'm, I'm a movie dude and I'm a lyric dude, right? I'm a uh-huh. movie, right? But it's a boys in the hood moment. Like when mm-hmm. mama took her son down and said, you need to live with your daddy. And sometimes that needs to happen. Right. That, that, you know, so it's funny that you would say that, right? Because I'm, I'm going a, I'm to a pose this. Because I, I feel like, this is my personal opinion. Okay. I feel like... Oh, I probably, 
I probably should have started this with, I don't speak for the count, the the court in the state of North Carolina, and I don't represent the court. I'm mm-hmm. independently. I speak, I speak of myself. Right, these right, are, right. These are my that. views and opinions. Right, right, right. These are my views. <laughs> right, right. I should have started like that. My bad. So, Go ahead, Fleming. So I feel like, you know, I feel like, of course, it, it's, it's in stages, right? So I think... I think kids when they when they are first born, right? Because mothers are nurturing, right? Right. And they 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 give that love, their compassion, you know what I'm saying? But I think once a kid does get to a certain age, you know, it is then becomes not that dads can't play a role during 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 the infancy piece, but I think once the kid, especially for 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 men with with, with boys, I think you get to a certain point and it really should be that handoff. Because now there are certain things in which it is that I just feel that as a man, and I don't want anyone to say this, saying a saying the slide, it's a, a punch at, at any woman or any women, period. But I know, like you know, I just feel like it should be that handoff, right? Yes, like, like I, I think I think back to 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 with my mom, and you know, in the times when we've had conversations, and she said, you know. It got to a point of where for her, she said, I had to accept the fact that I don't know what it takes for you to be a man in this world. Mm. So, so the best thing that I can do for you is to place you around a man who, a man can, who can show you. you what it's going to take to be yes. a man in this world. Yeah. You know? And I think that a lot of, I think we can say it, but I feel like there's there's a lot of women that take offense to it as if we're saying like, okay, in that moment that you can't be mom anymore or that you don't have the capability of raising a child. It's not about not having But you always mother, just like well, I'm always father. Exactly. But it's like but it's like realize that at this particular point, there are certain things that a man can teach to his son, just like there are certain things that a mom can teach to her daughter, you know. Mm-hmm. As a father, I can't teach my daughter anything about if I had a daughter. I'm just saying, if I if I had a daughter, there's nothing that I can teach her about what it is to go through that whole menstrual cycle aspect, that period of life. That is like, <laughs> I don't know anything about that. So for that, you need to go talk to your mama, okay? Like, it is. Like, so, you know, so it, when, when, I, when I hear this, and, and, and thank you for, for, for saying that in, in, in that moment, because it's, it is... It goes back to, to earlier. It's a balance. Yeah. It's a balance. Yeah. It took it took it took the nut out of me and the uterus and you in order to create this person, which means yes. gonna, which means it's gonna take like, you know, your thought process plus my thought process right. is gonna be required in order to write. Right. You know? And and that's the and I think and I and that's the part that I'm like really like people like come on we really gotta we really have to have to work that out you know it's not it, it and so that's that's why like you know the other episode that we did was like you know the I and co-parenting is insignificant because the minute you have a kid it's no longer it's no longer it's no problem. longer I it's no right. longer it's I. no longer I right. anytime you start a conversation where I know right. everything it, you say comes it's invalid. Right, it is officially, and I've had, and I've heard parents start with I, and I'm like, this ain't about you. Right, this ain't about you. Right, right, <laughs> this ain't about you. You know, right. and I feel like you know, so is that 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 apparently is is like a hard pill for some to to swallow, but 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I think if, if I could, I want to dance with you right there in a second, Deming, um, sure. about the 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 things you teach your daughters. And so, I mean, w- one of the things that I that I am wholeheartedly about is that kids need both parents. Mm-hmm. Both parents don't have to be together right yes. and so the there, moment one more time for the people up top with the cheap seat. the people at the people in the back yeah uh, like mom and daddy i mean at the end of the day some of the most beautiful situations i've ever seen um i mm, i was in court once this is back in my early field uh field investigator days i was in court one day and um, I had a I had a criminal non-support petition. I was testifying for the state, blah, 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 blah. And the case before me, mm-hmm. I watched uh, daddy and mama sit at the same table with this dude who was, I later found out, their attorney. Mm-hmm. And so the judge said, so I understand that you're moving, blah, 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 blah. And, and he's going to let him move in and da, 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 da. And he's just going to pay the taxes and blah, 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 blah. And they both were like, yes, yes, yes. And I was sitting there like, what the heck is going on? I'm in family court today. Like, what's going on with this, right? <laughs> and so the attorney for the state, I was in the state of Missouri then, the attorney for the state said, oh, that is the most famous divorce that ever took place in this county. I said, okay, famous, tell me more. And what he said to me was, um, daddy moved out, left the kids in the home. They decided not to sell the home so the kids could graduate from the same school. Mama just, mama is engaged now. It's like 10 years have passed. Mm -hmm. Mama's engaged. The last of the kids is in high school, blah, blah, blah. Um, Daddy was moving back into the house so this kid, this last kid could graduate from school because mm-hmm. mama was engaged. She was getting ready to be married and she was moving to another state. And so they were just transferring property, right? Wow. Um, and the reason why they never sold the house, they never split assets was they said, we were together. We created life together. We created a family together, but we're no longer together. Come on. And I sat there and I said... Mm. Oh my God, if people were able to resolve yeah. the fact that we're not together in a but way. But we created like, a family. Right? But we created a family. And let's make the decisions we need to make, not to get back at you, but to keep our family in the spaces they need to be. Right? right? right. Um, and then it takes a whole lot for, the, for daddy to say, I will move back into the house and take care of da 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 even though I gave you the house, just right. so our youngest child can graduate while you go marry somebody else. Right. Like, is right. that not, like, so beautifully human? That's, that is absolutely gorgeous. You know? you know what I'm saying? And so, actually... You know, the judge was like, and some, some, something, and so ordered. And everybody sat there and exhaled. And, like, my case was the next one up. And I was like, Your Honor, How do you follow up behind that? Can we have a recess? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I'm just behind sitting that? here like. I don't want to come behind that. Because I'm about to ask for $20,000 plus interest. <laughs> and a lien against everything you own. <laughs> and what's and, and what you own in your next life, right? Right. right. 
And I'm just sitting here like, oh my God, I feel so like, how do I do my job today? Right? <laughs> right. Because that was how, that that's how you divorce. Yeah, absolutely. Right? That's how you divorce and you take care of your kids. Right. Right. right? It's, it's funny that you would say that because, you know, and I had a similar conversation with my dad after so many years of back and forth and some other things. And I sat there and I told him, I said, you know what's the interesting thing? I said, what? He said, you know what I was really mad at you about? I said, what? Uh-oh. I wasn't mad because y'all got a divorce. I said, I wasn't mad about that because y'all weren't happy together, you know? Right, right. I, said, I was mad because you let me go in the process of that divorce. Mm. That's what I was mad at you about, you know? And I said, because how do you divorce me? I get it. Mm. We're done there. I get it. But you're the reason why it is. You're probably you're half of the reason why I'm here. So how do you let me go in that? Yeah. You know? And he sat there and looked at me and was just like, if I, you know, and I, I for me, any type of cause we 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 played word chess. That that's the one yeah. thing, you know. He say something, I say something, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and in that moment I really felt like I was like, Yeah, checkmate, got Damn it, I didn't say what I had to say, you know, because he he had no response, you know, he had no response. And Shit, was, I don't know. We could cuss on this show. Go ahead, I'm excited now. <laughs> we we try not to though, but we really try not to. Oh my Our bad. Is not to curse. Yes, go ahead. However, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I got excited. We have somebody who has a little bit of a potty mouth. Yeah. That's all right. So. I speak passionately. But, that's all it is. I get it. <laughs> is that what it's yeah, called? That, that's all. Okay. It is. is that what it's called? But uh, but yeah. So that 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 was that was the moment. So for you to have that that moment, I I I yeah that that man, I tip my hat to them. So what did your dad say though when you said that? Nothing. After after about five minutes, after about five minutes in in a drink, um, he looked <laughs> at me and said, "You know what, son? You right." You're right. He said, I, I, there's nothing I can say, say to go against that. You know? you know, I think there's another thing that I don't necessarily see uh, with my court roles, but mm-hmm. certainly with my work with teenagers and college access and certainly with parents and how they get on and, you know, the exchange with kids. And I think that whole uh, discussion right there uh, um, is really so uh, fundamental about uh, negotiating maturity, right? Yes. And so what I think happens is that, um, and I find myself having this conversation sometimes um, with fathers, um, especially fathers that may have custody or fathers, you know, who are working and involved with their college access plans. You know, I do that during the day when I'm not uh, over here uh, fussing at the court. Right. Um, but about having these leveling conversations with dad, right? And how dad needs to allow, there's a natural uh, process when when a young man begins to question things of their elders. And they have to be able to question that right. um, respectfully. Right. right. I'm questioning, but I'm not being disrespectful. Respectfully. I'm questioning for I'm I'm questioning I'm questioning for understanding. And right. that's what I don't think like a lot of adults, because it's a very much well, I said that, but it's not that's 
that's not going to, that that doesn't work right like in order for me to understand in order for me to get this maturity and in order for me to be at 18 be right. able to handle myself i need to be able to ask you a question right it's for my understanding not just because i'm you know you think i'm being smart or you know because i'm your mother and so that's it that's all my you're enabling my deficiency do you like uh-huh. You're, you're enabling my deficiency. And so even if my conversation with you is, as you know, with your father, it was like, you know, hey, this is, you know, checkmate, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, at a certain point, that doesn't make um, me any less parental. It no, doesn't. Not at all. Re- re- you know what I'm saying? And I think that there are time periods of what I see happening today is that parents are quick to shut kids down when they ask yeah. questions. Mm-hmm. They're quick to shut kids down as they're beginning to exercise some degree of independent thinking or to question rules and authority. And there are ways that you do that and you're respectful as you did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want to amplify the point that more and more we've got to, you can't expect a boy to become a man hmm. and never give him the opportunity to question how uh, tight the cocoon is. Because mm. a part of him and a part of his metamorphosis is to push against the cocoon, right? And right. to begin to spread those wings. And so at a certain point, that means he's going to ask you questions about boundaries. Mm-hmm. He's going to ask you questions about rules. Mm-hmm. He's going to question authority. And I think you can do that effectively and do it respectfully. Right. But I, I think I um, I become nervous with parents that either become so emotionally uh, disrupted because of it um, or so um, you being disrespectful, blah, 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 when at the end of the day, you just ask me a question. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I, I am not a parent. Uh, my problem should have started with that. Um, hell, I probably parented enough kids to, uh, to qualify, though. Um, but I am an uncle, and, I, and I, I strive to be a good uncle, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I remember this uh, back and forth I had with my nephew one summer, and I remember the point when I said, I'm not going to tell you anymore. This is where I am with this. This is what I told you, and this is what you need to do. And the next time he didn't do that, I'll let him know in no uncertain terms that I disapproved of your behavior and your, and your smart mouth, right? right? And so, but this is the deal. We got home and he said, I need to talk to you. I said, yes, sir. Would you like to talk now? He said, yes, I would. He said, can we talk at the table? Well, the rule in my house is every conversation is at the kitchen table. I don't talk in rooms. I don't talk in, we talk at the kitchen. We don't talk in the family room. We don't talk on the couch. We talk at the kitchen table. But I got that from my, my big mama, right? Every, right? every family conversation took place at the kitchen table. Right. So it was 12.30 at night and he came to the kitchen table. I came to the kitchen table. I sat down in my seat. I said, what are we talking about? Mm. You know? And so we, we began to, to, nego- to talk about what had happened, talk about why it happened, he apologized, and then I then I then I had to teach him a little bit, right? And so you you got to remember to come back with your sons. Fathers got to remember to come back, even once you said this is what it is, this is wrong. But then you got to come back and you got to teach them too, right? right? And this is what I said to him. I said, 
you need to understand that men need pillars. Mm-hmm. And it's the pillar's job to support you and to hold you up until you can support and hold yourself. I said, I'm your uncle. I'm one of your pillars. I'm not your only. I'm one. Right. Right? So that the world can see everything that you are that is amazing mm-hmm. and brilliant. Right? Because right. you set a jewel on a pillar. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. But you never disrespect the pillar just because it sits there. Right. Absolutely. Because without the pillar, right. no one would ever see you. Right. Ooh. I'm cool with being the pillar. Love that. I'm cool with being the pillar because somebody was the pillar for me. And right. as brothers, we got to be honest with somebody put you up. Somebody put you on. Somebody gave you, right? Absolutely. Yep. Whether it was daddy or uncle or somebody, yep. right? Right. So, but at the same time, we must teach our young men that it's okay to test the boundaries and to test authority. But mm-hmm. you need to ask questions respectfully. Right. Right. Right, because I'm a because I'm a pillar. Right, and that's it, and that's and that is so that that that's so true. And and it was a trust believe. There, there are moments where I know from my father and I, like you know, like I, I bucked that system. Um, and there were times where the conversation wasn't so pleasant, and that particular conversation came after. I became a dad. Yeah. So there was a different level of understanding, right? Because I became a dad and I was, I was 20, I was 29 when the kiddo was born, you know? Right. Um, or at least no, I was 28 and turned 29 because <laughs> he's on the first and I'm on the 18th, the same month. And, uh, you know, so when, when, when my father and I had that conversation, it was at a point where, I've had some experiences in life and I fell down and bumped my head on a few experience, few of those experiences, you know, I didn't trip right. on bum and landed on stupid in a few experiences. You know? <laughs> and now here we are in this point where now I'm at a position that is familiar to him, new to me, mm. you know, and everything that I'm doing is in my mind, opposite of what was done. So when we're having this conversation, I'm, I'm realizing that my dad had challenges because I know I got them. Right. You know, and just like for me in this position, it doesn't come with a book. Right. You know? uh, it, it's literally, it's, it's you, make, you make the choices as you go. You know, and it became a thing where I just really had to to come to accept and look at my dad and say, hey, you know what? To your point of the pillar, right? You have some pillars that come and it's just wood. You got some pillars that come and it's made out of metal. You got some pillars that come and it's and it's like, you know, really this 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 level of brass and you know these 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 golden highlights, right? Right. So, so realizing that, hey, you know what? I'm still a diamond. I'm just a diamond that got sat on 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 a wooden pedestal, you know. And so, so, so it's still, it's still, it's still a pillar, you know, but, 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 but he had enough 
knowledge to know to do this, even though my expectation as a, as a son and what it is that I was seeing and what it is the society may tell you, right? It's coming to understand or getting to a point where you understand that sometimes, you know, some, sometimes someone's able to do, do the absolute best that they can. Yeah. And just, just be appreciative that they did this much. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though I may have wanted you to do more, right? But I wasn't at an age to where I could sit there and say that, like, you know, and even if I had said that, would you have necessarily been in a position to where it is that you could have even done it? You know? Right. Uh, but, two, but two things, Fleming. Uh, so yeah. at the end of the day, you may have wanted him to do more, but mm-hmm. sometimes people are doing the best that they can. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Right. So that, that's, that, that, that's the first piece. And I, right. and I even say that about the kids in the court all the time. Sometimes parents are doing the best that they can. Yeah. Yep. Um, but here's the deal uh, with the pillar. Like, I really appreciated the, the breakdown in the different types of pillars. But whether it's brass or wood or, or what have you, the primary function of the pillar is, is the whole it's the yeah. elevation, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, does it matter what the pillar's made of? No, it doesn't. And that's it. And that's so. So I say that to say, like, even now, right? Like, if you come right. to my room now on the second floor, yeah, classical music playing. There yeah. is always classical music playing on the second floor. It never changes. Yeah, my father loved classical music. So, okay. and there's a chessboard. There's, a, there's specifically an area set there for playing chess because my father taught me how to play chess. Okay. So really when I think about it, when I go to the second floor of my home, it's literally, right. it's, it's, it's an ode to him. It's a shrine to, it's a shrine to the pillar. Right, exactly. It's a shrine Uh, to to, to the pillar, you know, mm. unbeknownst to anybody else. But for me, it's like when I walk in there, I sit there and, and even, and even my mother a few times, she sat and she said, you know what? He would have never left this room. I said, I know, right? This would have been like every time you came in the house, this would have been where, he would, where, where it is that he would have been sitting at, you know? Right. And so, so, so for that piece, and I know when I think back, I'm like, bruh, when my father tried to teach me on classical music and studying music and being able to read music notes, I know I was just like, I don't care about none of that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like it wasn't, I wasn't open to it you know right i think that i think that for for me when i really sat down and thought about it it's there's a lot of times where it is that you can let don't don't what i would tell anyone don't ever let your anger deprive you of learning that's right don't ever like don't ever let let it because what you end up doing is you get to a point of where you look back and you're like damn if i had to just pay attention back then right you know you realize like like how like how cultured I could possibly be in classical music right right about mm. the time. You know, if I had to pay attention at eight. Right. You know? So yeah, so it is definitely, you know, coming to terms in and like you said, you know, realizing that that hey, this was the best that he could do and being appreciative of that. Right. You know? Because right. in so much way, shape, or form, he did he did his best support into me. He did his best at that time. Yeah. Right. Best he could do at that time. Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? He did his best at that time, you know, so. And and the realism is, I think that in terms of how we show up um, as Black men and as fathers, it's really important that we um, 
you know, I, I read this piece once that said it's really about just being there. Yeah. Yeah. With whatever being there means, right? Yeah. And so being yep. there is, you know, if, if it's visitation and taking your kids to the baseball game or if it's going walking to the park and playing checkers and, 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 and. But do that and be consistent with. Be consistent like, about being there. And so if you don't do anything else, be right. Be consistent about being there. Right. Because you got that chessboard upstairs. Right. And that classical music playing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because at some point, those are the things that you got from him being there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You absolutely. know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I think if absolutely. anything, the biggest piece that I say, even just going back to this whole court conversation is, uh-huh. you know, we learn family of origin is a powerful uh, indicator of how we're going to live our lives in, 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 in our existence, right? And right. so, you know... Him be how he shows up with you has an impact on not only how you seek to be a parent, but certainly even how you've uh, allocated space, right, yeah. in your home, right? We do those things because of the time that we spent when our fathers were there, were were and, and how they've shown up in our lives. So, right, yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, we're going to pause there because we have gotten to like the end of, of our, our, our time. But as we do in all our other episodes, I want to definitely say what would be your final thought that you would like to share with the people, i.e. the fathers, you know, even the mothers, even the children's, you know, whoever listening. You know, that was a good one. I, uh, you know, I had to work that. I had to, I had to jot something right quick. <laughs> uh, That's one heck of a thought, baby. I can tell you right now, I ain't coming behind you. <laughs> I'm not. So let me just go ahead and say, just be consistent. Uh, yeah, be consistent about being there. That's all I got to say. That That's my final thought. Be consistent about being there. I'm not coming after him. I'm telling you that right now. Okay. Mine's not so much a final thought as it is a takeaway. Um, the balance, the balance, getting, getting, getting to that balance between mom and dad right. and, and, and kid or kids, child yeah. or children. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, if I were to sum my final thought, um, mm-hmm. it would almost go back to, uh, where we, where we ended up. Fleming, and that's that conversation about being the pillar, and um, that you know mothers are nurturers naturally, and fathers are uh, protectors and providers naturally. I mean, I'm I'm old school, so I believe that, right? Right. right? And I believe that that exists whether or not the two of you are together, right? Awesome. And so, I mean, we've got to be able to rise above um, whatever the conflict was that separated. Um, to people in terms of the relationship to be there for their children. But if I were to leave anything um, to both moms and dads, what I would say um, to mothers um, that they have to be especially careful about is that your sons will learn um, how to be men um, based upon how you describe who their daddy is. And Ooh. so you have to be careful 
about the words you use to describe daddy in his presence. Um, you also have to be careful. One of the things that bothers me in my soul is when I hear mothers say, well, your daddy wasn't this and you ain't going to be that, you know? And so at the end of the day, that's your inability to separate um, whatever your emotional factors are uh, with the person that you created this life with, right? And so you've got to remember that your sons and daughters look at you uh, as the nurturing barometer uh, for life, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because that is what mama does and she is the womb, right? Um, Fathers have to remember um, that your sons will learn from your example, not what you tell them. They'll learn from your example. And it is important um, for you to be there. And you've got to be real clean about not pulling him into whatever uh, that situation is with your co-parent. Um, but to understand that your job is to protect, provide, and uh, to provide, especially for your sons, the example um, of what it means to be a man and what it means to be a father. Because he will emulate that when he brings life into the world. Even more especially... Your daughter will marry the exact replica of you. Mm-hmm. And so if you mistreat mama or you are, are not um, the provider, the protector, the, the, the things that, um, and, and, and I don't mean that in any kind of way. I know we had a real liberated society and whatnot, but, you know, I just believe that there are things that we bring to relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you mistreat um, mama in that relationship, you are teaching her what to expect from her future relationship. And so I think more than anything to mom and daddy to make sure that they know above all things, you know, if the court is involved, resolve the things you need to get resolved. Remember you brought life into the world, but remember they're watching you. And they're going to do and be what they saw you do and be in terms of their lived experience. Um, And at a certain point, you know, I'm a a man of color and so a black man. And so it's important um, that we heal things in our community. And the only way to get to that is to rise above the pain and to quit teaching our kids to hurt the next generation. That's what I would leave with parents. Um, Rise above it, baby. Rise above it. And remember, I'm going to leave you with a laugh because that's what Coach Kenneth does, you see. (laughs) At some point, something went right because y'all love long enough to make that key. Say it. (laughs) I'm just trying to help you. I don't mean no harm. I'm just trying to help you. (laughs) Some part of that was good. I'm going to need you to remember that. Something was good, honey. If it wasn't number 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 seconds, let's be honest. Whatever it was. Okay, Whatever it was, it was good, regardless of how, how long it might have been. Something yeah. worked right, honey, for, right. for just right. a teenager bit. Right. Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> so honor that. Honor that. You know what? Look at your kids and say, I'm going to be kind to you for them 20 minutes that your daddy put a smile on my face. The 20 seconds your daddy gave me, I'm going to go ahead and give you these 20 yourself. Come on. Listen here, right? And and, 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 and by the same token, 
Your mama crazy as well, Liz, but I loved her for 20 minutes. Come on here. Right. Let me buy you some tennis shoes. <laughs> all right. And so, and, and remember to laugh um, um, in all things. That, let's, let's remember right. that. Um, there should be a joy about, you know, even, even in past relationships, I can always go back to things that were happy and things that I can laugh about. People got to go back to that. The relationship didn't work, but something was good. Some was good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some was good. Absolutely. And you know what? And now you got a kid, so some was really good. Now run, now run tell that. Right. And the kids should separate, uh, should not separate, but should represent that something that was good. That's right. That's right. That's right. That was good. How about that? Exactly. Exactly. Well, sir, thank you for joining us on each show again. You know, this was definitely a hoot. Um, you know, you would indeed family, part of the family. Welcome. Uh, Welcome to you know, this crazy bunch. Right, right. So, <laughs> definitely, uh, so definitely, we will definitely be ringing your bell to come back on at some point um, in, in in the future, you know, and uh, continue on this conversation. I am glad to be here. I'm glad that you guys invited me. I hope that I have provided people with something that they can use. Um, that's always what I strive to do. Um Life is not a dress rehearsal, so we might as well go on and live it right now. Come on. Absolutely. That's it. Thank you for listening to this week's show. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at FatherShouldPod. You can also visit our website at www.fathershould.org. 